now, Culture Club with Melanie Olivero. Hello, it's another book-loving local author celebrating Culture Club. I'm Melanie Olivero for CNA 938. Let's all find out what other singlet title you could add to your expanding bookshelf. So let's shine the Culture Club spotlight on Best New Singaporean Short Stories, Volume 6 by Epigram Books. As the title suggests, it's a collection, the sixth of its kind, and compilation of Singaporean short stories published between 2021 and 2022, selected from hundreds of short stories published in journals, magazines, anthologies and single author collections. So yep, there'll be human dramas, science fiction, speculative fiction and yes, stories about the supernatural like ghostly encounters. So yes, all those hantu momoks have a starring role once again. So let's get more from Gwili Sui, the editor of Best New Singaporean Short Stories. Uh, of course, it's volume six once again. Gui is also an author, poet graphic artist and literary critic. And let's also welcome Jason Eric Lundberg, series editor of this ongoing Epigram collection. Jason is also an author and fiction editor at Epigram Books. Jason, let's start with you first. Uh, and welcome once again to CNA 938. Hi, Melanie. It's really great to be here. Thank it's you for having us. So lovely to always have you on board. Tell us what sets Volume 6 apart from the others. Uh, what also remains the same, apart from the cover design, a very nice cover design, I must say. <laughs> to start with, Gui says there's more humor and supernatural mystery. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, it's one of the really interesting things about having an ongoing uh, best of series where each each um, each edition, each, each volume has a different editor. Uh, a lot of it's going to be informed by what they are interested in and what they uh, what they love to read and also kind of the things that they want to uh, have put out in the world as well. And so uh, so I think one thing, and we can speak to this as well, is that uh, one thing that uh, I think is a little bit different on this one is that um, is that there's a, a bigger range of ages, I think. There's some, some older writers in there. Uh, we have had uh, uh, collections that have had uh, different supernatural elements and science fictional elements in the past too. And it seems like there's a bit more of that in, in there as well. So... Um, so it's, it's still a very kind of high bar in terms of the quality of the writing. And, um, you know, we, we can't call it best of if it's not best <laughs> of. So uh, at least in terms of what we think of that. So, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of towards, uh, Gui's, uh, particular point of view and, and how he curated these stories and how he wanted to present this. It is definitely know. curated. Uh, but for best new Singaporean short stories uh, for this one, right? For this time round, why was Gui chosen, Jason? Well, I've been trying to work with Gui for a while. <laughs> so, uh, so he, uh, I remember you had some very nice things to say about volume one way back uh, 10 years ago. Right. And, uh, and so, and I've really been trying to work with him ever since then. And so, and just, I think the schedule's really never quite worked out. He was, he's a very, very busy man. And uh, so just being able to kind of coordinate our schedules in a time when he actually had uh, the time to be able to read all these different stories and consider them and then uh, help to put the, the book together, it's, it's taken this long. Okay, so it's a long time coming. Mm. Gui, you took a year to read more than 200 short stories. Where did they come from? I sort of said very roughly where they come from, as in also what formats were they originally in? Right now, thanks for inviting me and uh, Jason. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Me. Welcome, welcome. So, <laughs> so good to have you. Yeah. Um, well, there there are usual places to look for stories published by Singaporeans. There are online journals. There are physical journals. There are anthologies, and so you have to be, I guess, in the know of what has been published um, um, in um, various mediums and also. Um, with various publishers. So we do try to help each other in the sense of uh, trying to be on the lookout of, uh, of, of, for all these uh, stories. And Jason will sometimes highlight to me, have you seen this, you know, uh, it appeared at this, on this place and so forth and I'll just copy it up. At the same time, also I have uh, friends in the publishing world and they will also let me know about, uh, well, volumes that they're coming out. And so in as much as I I can, I try to really uh, um, um, you know uh, get a year in every places to know what has been out. So it was a team effort and lots of other people looking out for you that's, as that's well. Definitely friends looking out. Yeah, mm. that's that's the best possible kind mm. of team effort. So let's talk about some of the issues brought up in the short stories for Best New Singaporean Short Stories Volume Six. There's the one titled The Last Diver on Earth by Sophia Ma. And it's about living in a more eco-friendly world, about 200 years from now, thereabouts. Mm -hmm. But there's still the problem of plastic pollution of our seas mm -hmm. and how also nature evolves and heals itself. So what struck you about this story for both of you? Want to start with Gui? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the fun things about this stories, um, of this story, as with uh, many stories in this collection, is that they are writers I actually do not know. I have not really met them in person until the book launch uh, on the various places. Yeah, and then that's, that's really fun for me because that means that a lot of people are writing out there. And so their voices are different. This this story kind of struck me because it has a very uh, interesting take. Um, it's not a very familiar uh, thing that you expect a Singaporean to write about. And it's so heartwarming as well in a way that, you know, you didn't expect from a, uh, from a kind of work future that has um, very, about well, that has show signs of real consequences of, of today's world. Uh, and so in that sense, uh, well, it's the sensitivity of this uh, story dealing with generations as well. Mm. Mm. It's not so, it doesn't have this dystopian outlook. There's a slight tinge of it. Yes. But it's very hopeful and it's got a yes. lot of heart. That's what I got from it as well. That's right. Jason? Well, for, for one thing, this was actually the winner of the 2022 uh, Commonwealth Short Story Prize. No wonder. Uh, for Asia. So, so this was going to be on my radar just because of that. Um, so this is one of the one of the few uh, Singaporean writers who have won That's in that right. category. Um, so uh, so that was already one thing that made me interested in the story. And then the fact that it is this far future speculative story on, uh, as you mentioned, it's on the kind of the consequences of our current climate crisis and mm. kind of what might mm. the world look like uh, hundreds of years from now. And uh, and, you know, this one kind of community on, on the ocean. Uh, that's just trying to survive, and and these divers that are, you know, that are uh, going mm. going deep and trying to bring things back for mm. for survival, but also for for sale and things like that, mm. uh, and just kind of the looking at how uh, how what we're doing now could influence where we might be in the future. That's what really good science fiction does, and so mm. uh, and Sophia did an amazing job with that. She did. She has a really interesting vision of what things look like. And it's nice that she brought a concept of the elderly women divers of Jeju in South Korea. And That's she right. brought that That's to right. Singapore. Yeah. I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a nice, it brought a nice sort of angle, uh, coloration to that story, future Singapore. 
Now let's talk about tales about things that just don't go, that don't normally, well, they do go bump in the night, but also terrifying things, whether they reveal themselves or not. Like with Clara Chow's A Malayan Ghost Story or Hantu Hijau, that is Green Ghost by Dave Chua. What do you notice about the quality of ghost stories told today, judging by the tales selected in the Best New Singaporean Short Stories, Volume 6? I think with ghost stories, they're always going to be the popular types and the literary ones. Yeah. I mean, recently after Russell Lee just came up with his uh, latest collection, right? And those are really based on, well, eyewitnesses, uh, first-hand accounts or, you know, hearsay and all that. Um, that has a certain uh, style of writing. Whereas the ones that appear here, you know, they are ghost stories, but they're really also about something else. Yeah. Right? So there are a few la- layers you can read them for. Other than just, uh, you know, in terms of a very well-told story, there are also underlying issues, whether that be uh, censorship, whether it be vengeance, whether it be, um, you know, a, 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 a family uh, tension and all that. You know, and, and of course, uh, what else? Um, there's that one that is dealing with... Um, uh, um, well, well, one of the other uh, things that were discussed, the underlying yeah. themes, like you mentioned, of course, is uh, when people, because of land scarce Singapore, people have to relocate. Yes. And the ghosts also that's <laughs> have right. to relocate. That's right. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> the Hantu Ijeo one by Dave Chua. That's right. I'm also thinking about um, the one, uh, you know, at the end, yeah. um, that um, breakwater that really is about victimization, you know, and that is brought in and used through the mode of a short uh, a short ghost story yeah. to tell you know how there are different forms of horror and only the the ghosts those forms really take the form really of a kind of um traumatic uh, psychological horror yeah mm. yeah and I'll, I'll also add too that the um the, the two two of the stories that we were just mm. talking about so hantu hijau and um breakwater mm. uh were uh the the first first and second place winners in the Storytale Epigram Horror Prize. Yes. Uh, and so which which uh, Gui and I were both judges for. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Um, so when we were considering, you know, uh, what to what to put into this uh, into this anthology, yeah. the best new Singaporean short stories, um, I think we both agreed that there were stories in that one uh, because we, we had uh, the winners of that yeah. uh, that prize that I think it was the 11, the top 11. So yeah. the three winners and then the, the other ones after that, the other eight. Uh, we put together into an anthology called Fright One. Yeah. And we were hoping it was going to be an ongoing series. We'd have mm. Fright Two, Fright Three, yeah. eventually yeah. maybe get to Fright Ten. Um, but uh, it didn't happen. So we yeah. only have Fright One that's out there. But uh, but those two stories in particular are examples yes. of the, the horror stories that were written yeah. for that particular contest. Um, and Cl- uh, Claire's, was, Claire's was not. Claire's was yes, a separate not, one. Like that on was, own, yeah, it was on one of her collections as well. Um, but really, really super creepy story. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, there's so much twist in that story. I mean, yes. at the end, you kind of realize it's really about something else. Right. Mm. Not going to spoil it, yeah. but you know, that's, that's, that, that's really something quite interesting when I read Clever, Choice, uh, Clever Child's stories. But um, you, you did have this criteria, and we agreed on this, of, that when we come to anthologies, we try not to take too many from them, too many stories from them. So we did keep a limit to, you know, even if the anthologies have many great stories, that uh, a certain anthology, I mean, there are many anthologies from which we draw, drew from. Yeah. Uh, if there were like, you know, a lot, we could choose a maximum of two from that one, you see. Right. So in that sense, there is a, a kind of um, 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 rules that we set for ourselves yeah. so that we can have as many voices as we could from for, for this anthology. From different sources. Mm. 
which of the newer writers, because you have established, uh, published award-winning ones like Mihan Boy in mm. it, but the newer ones, which one do you strongly feel have a novel in them and why? I mean, I think you'd have to ask those writers. <laughs> yeah. um, there are there are a number of yeah. contributors uh, who are already novelists. They've already mm. published novels. So, and Mahan is one of them. Yes. Uh, Warren uh, Kalasegaran is one of them. And so, so a, a, a few of them already have been writing novels. And mm. so, um, I'm sure there are others that are uh, that are working on them. I know uh, Yume Balasingham Chow. Uh, she's been working on a novel for a long time. Oh, I don't yeah? know if it's done. Um, but she is, uh, she's based in the U S right now. I think she's in Boston. Mm. And, uh, so, but I know that she was working on one for, for quite a while. So it's, it's exciting to think about, uh, about kind of longer works from these writers as well, even though I do hope they still write short stories cause I love mm. short stories. Mm. Gui, when you were, uh, communicating with some of them, uh, online, I'm sure, cause you said at the book launch, you finally got to meet them face to face. Did any of them tell you during the editing process that, yeah, I've got a novel coming out soon or I'd like to put one out soon? Right. Um, maybe they, they said that to Jason. I'm, I'm not oh, sure. They didn't tell uh, they didn't. No, tell they you. didn't. Yeah. And well, plus, Sophia is one of them. So with the, who you just mentioned, Sophia Mariah Ma. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she is where she uh, has a Javanese background. And so right. she is writing. She I think she's putting together both a short story collection and a novel kind of based on yeah. that background. And so yeah. um, I have no idea what it looks like. She hasn't shared it with me at all. But uh, I know that she's working on that. And, and to be sure, not everybody I mean, who writes short stories go on to write novels. True. No, and that's sometimes right. sometimes some, some writers just thrive on writing short stories. Mm. And those that are here, I mean, they're very self-contained in many ways that they do not reveal to me that they, they from this, would want to draw out a whole entire story that is in novel form. Yeah, yeah. Did most of them, though, Gui, need a lot more work compared to the others when you went round to editing it? Uh, well, to be, to be sure, all these are already published stories. So um, in a sense, we feel very, uh, uh, I mean, we, we don't actually have enough to kind of do too much editing, but really? that is so actually done. I, I do the selecting. So the editing, main editorial, uh, or, or the, the kind of touching up stuff was done by um, Jason. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it was, um, yeah, so, so in terms of kind of how we approach the editing of these stories, yeah. uh, as we mentioned, all of these were previously published. And yes. so we didn't want to... Uh, do anything structurally, yeah. really? uh, like Even these big structural changes. You just so. felt that I got to, I got this, snip this out, or I, no? Because I think mm. it was if if it, there had been something in a story where we really felt like it's it didn't belong, yeah. we probably didn't include it in the book. So correct, correct. This is about best published stories, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay. So that said, the, the editing that I did on these was, it was mostly copy editing. Right. Uh, sometimes oh. line editing, if, if there, there needs to be uh, a bit more done, but uh, but it was on that level of, of editing. Right. And then I went through all of the edits with the authors mm. uh, just to make sure everybody was okay with everything. Okay, all right. As always, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a teamwork effort again. Uh, gentlemen, now the back portion of the book, the last few pages, they give brief descriptions of each writer, which is great, it's very nice, uh, so that we can get to know them better. So tell us about some of them. What do they generally have in common? What range of professions do they come from? That kind of thing. I mean, I think just the thing in common is they've all, they've all written quite a bit. So these yeah. are, um, I, I don't think we have any like first stories uh, this time. This is, that was not the case in previous uh, volumes. In, in uh, volume four, I believe, uh, we actually printed a, uh, or published a, a first story from an author there. But so these are all authors who have been publishing uh, quite a bit. So there is a range of 
backgrounds. So we have university students, recent graduates, uh, community workers, visual artists, uh, some broadcast media producers, yeah. uh, educators, novelists, poets, uh, civil servants as well. So lots of different types of people who are who are writing, which is one of the things that we kind of, uh, you know, in this volume, but also throughout this entire series has been very important in terms of uh, kind of expanding the what we think of as Singaporean writing, uh, because it's being done by lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds. So if a young author or someone who is a is in a mid-career stage, they want to get one of their stories in the volumes to come. Do What questions do they ask you? Do they say, Jason, do I need to be published first in an official manner? Can I just give you my script and you work on it? Um, well, it has to have been published first, yes. yes. So that's that's one of the, the uh, highest criteria. <laughs> um, so we've, I, like I said, we've only had one exception yeah. in all of these volumes. Um, so to no that. more so exceptions. I prefer not to. <laughs> um, because it's hard to say that these are the best stories if you're publishing the story for the first time. You know? So it's it's a bit of a weird situation. So all of these have to have been uh, published already. So um, so in terms of, that's the thing with, with any of these types of anthologies that it's very subjective, right? So, yeah. uh, so the person who's gonna uh, uh, edit the next volume is gonna have their own criteria, their own tastes, that kind of thing. So it's not like you can really game the system by just saying, okay, I'm gonna write a story that is guaranteed to get in this. Um, because it's going to change every two years with a new editor. So, uh, so the the whole thing about it is just to write the stories that you want to write that are important to you and the best that you can do them. So, when they ask you and uh, a question like, "What do you mean by published?" What do you tell them? Well, our our uh, I guess in terms of kind of where we're looking, it's uh, we mentioned them before is from lots of different venues. So. Correct. Uh, and it can be from it can be from journals, magazines, all kinds of things. And so we 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 don't tend to look at self published work. Yep. But um, really, anything that's kind of out there that's been published by someone other than the writer uh, is is valid in terms of consideration. Because quite a few people are self publishing now. Yeah, I, I, actually, Clara Charles' uh, stories from her self published book. That's right? true. I take that mm. back. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But like you said, there are exceptions. Mm. So yeah. you always look at things very very carefully. As well. Well, and Clara does have, I will say, she has a very long record of publication as well. Yes, She's been yes. doing this for a long time. So, Correct. So even though this this book that uh, the story of hers came from uh, was self-published, you know, we, we know the quality of her writing. And right, so we were going right. to look at her stuff anyway. Okay. Jason, you said in the introduction, and this worried me a, a bit, that there were times when it was unclear if the series would continue. So tell us why. Uh, I think when uh, the the last volume that came out, volume five, uh, yeah. so that was in 2021. Um, oh, we were, COVID. Yeah, that was the biggest part of it was was the financial considerations. So uh, COVID hit uh, Epigram Books very hard. It hit publishing in Singapore in yeah. general very hard, yeah. and and we're still sort of in the recovery phase of that. And so uh, so it wasn't clear kind of at that point whether we would be able to keep doing the series because we didn't know how many people would keep buying these books. Um, and just kind of thinking about, uh, you know, the future of doing this and whether it was worth doing um, based on kind of our current sales at that point. So thankfully, Volume 5 it was edited by uh, Bali Kaur Joswell. Yeah. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful novelist. And, uh, and it has sold well as well. So 
uh, we were encouraged by that to to do a volume six, and and thankfully we agreed to to edit this as well. But that was it was purely kind of a financial reason for doing that. Mm, for okay. Think about that. So things are looking better now. A little better. <laughs> a little better, like you said, still recovering. Right. Let's talk about the other short stories. One of the more memorable memorable ones to me is a reliable woman by Yume Balasingam Chow. It is the plight of the foreign wife from a neighboring Southeast Asian country, still a third world country in a sense, struggling to make her Singaporean husband happy and helping those in need, those in her community in need. Which other short story addresses unique Singapore lived lives that you'd like to talk about? Gui? Hmm. Well, I, you know, that's the thing that I don't really start out when I read the stories uh, with choosing, really, I mean, I go for stories that are enjoyable. Yeah. And, you know, when I get a lot of enjoyment, they may not necessarily have to be dealing with Singaporean experiences. And some of them do. I mean, other than um, 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 the unreliable woman that you mentioned, also um, Baron Sands by uh, Mohammed Schenker. That's quite an amazing story. It deals with grief, uh, dealing with the death of, his, uh, of, of the protagonist's sister. And in a sense, you know, there's a lot of these very personal experiences uh, uh, that we we have that um, some of these stories draw out very powerfully. Mm. And so in that sense, I guess um, when we talk about Singaporean stories, they're not necessarily Singaporean experiences. Correct. You know, I mean, we're dealing with actually really uh, primarily the writer themselves um, coming from that background and then through their imagination, explore different possibilities with the cultural and um, psychological material they have. Jason, what other stories you know, stood out for you in, in a sense. Uh, I mean, so many of them. That, that was it was, and I was really glad that that Gui was the the guest editor for this one because there were a lot of a lot of difficult choices to make in here. <laughs> Quite true. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, a reliable woman is it is one of my favorite uh, stories in yeah. here. I also really like the walk. Uh, by mm. Vicky Chong. Mm. Um, it's again, it's a very uh, domestic type story, uh-huh. um, but there's also a lot about uh, this this woman's. Um, uh, it's, it is about her marriage and kind of you know she's learning to play piano and she has a crush on a piano teacher and mm. uh, and it's kind of you know a bit of a midlife crisis kind of thing going on and uh, but it's also very much about kind of uh, the past not taken as well and uh, and especially like during her university years there was this one. Uh, this one young man she used to, to walk to and from her classes next to, but never talk to him. Uh, and she ends up rediscovering him uh, after she's been married and, and all of these kinds of things. So it's it's a really interesting examination of the way that this particular character is kind of uh, where she is at her point in her life and uh, the regrets that she might have and how she might deal with those and how she might live with those in conjunction with her current life with her husband. You're a big fan of speculative fiction, Jason. Yes, so yes. <laughs> how much of it is peppered in this one for people who, who want to pick it up who also really dig speculative fiction? Uh, say, quite a few. I don't have yeah, the percentage. Quite um, a lot, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, but there's a number. And um, and again, some of these stories came from an anthology that I uh, that I edited uh, a year ago uh, called Fishies, Lion, Redux, Correct. which we talked about here on the radio. And um, so we picked a couple of the stories for just that two. as well. Yeah, just two. Just again, two. Just two. <laughs> Had to limit it to two. Um, but again, they're wonderful stories. Uh, so Stay in the Sun by Mehan Bowie. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is this very bizarre. It's again kind of a future story, but, uh, you know, future Singapore story. But there are these uh, 
aliens that are kind of like dragons and they only exist in the in the daylight and it's very very odd and very very cool and so uh and contrasted with that there's uh one by uh, Neralia Norisid uh called Ashahanar's Diary which is about this young woman who's getting married and it's this arranged marriage and it's this kind of parallel Singapore uh it's it's again it, it feels like it takes place you know maybe 100 years ago uh, but in this parallel kind of Singapore and kind of the things that she's thinking about in terms of the societal expectations and the family expectations that go along with uh, with this new marriage that she's going to be involved with. All right, sink your teeth into those. What have readers been saying about the series so far, seeing how it's volume six from Singapore, of course, and those who have ordered the volumes from above, from praise even down to constructive criticism? I mean, on, I think on, on the whole, uh, like I said, we've been doing this for 10 years now. So, yeah. so since 2013, that was the first uh, volume that came out, um, even though I conceived of this series in, in kind of the end of 2012. And on the whole, it's been very positive. And uh, we've had a lot of really good feedback from it. Uh, at the beginning, I will say, because uh, I, I was the one who edited the first two volumes in this series. And at the beginning, it was still kind of... I was known in Singapore a little bit, but not as much then. And so a lot of people were like, who is this Ang Mo deciding, you know, the best Singaporean short stories? So I got a little bit of that. Um, yeah. But uh, but that was kind of it. It was it was mostly very, very good uh, opinions of, of what we were doing. And I think part of that, it goes down to the mission of this entire series is that we're not interested in uh, in like canonizing these stories or canonizing these writers and saying, you know, these are the only important ones. We're trying to open up a conversation on what is being uh, written and published by Singaporean writers. And uh, and I think that that has been, because that has been our goal, uh, we've gotten a lot of support and a lot of good, good uh, feelings about that. All right, support and good feelings. So talking about the book launch, mm. Gui, how did that go? Well, you know, I was only there the first one. The second one at the Kino, I was away. Yes. So um, I, w I, was, I was able to kind of give a video recording and also, but I wasn't physically present. But as I said, the very first one, um, when we launched it at the library. Yeah, the um, Singapore Writers Festival. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I met a couple of the writers and I've not seen them uh, before, as, as, as I mentioned. And it's really wonderful because, uh, you know, uh, it kind of affirmed what I thought the stories were dealing with. That means a range of experiences from very imaginative worlds, which tend to come from younger writers to very experienced writing about life experiences and all that tends to come with older writers. And that range of writers turn up. And I saw them and I was, I was very, very much moved by um, the quality of writing that is available uh, if we just look hard enough. So nice to finally meet them in person. Mm. And it was nice, too, that we had um, at the launch, it was me and Gui and then three of the contributors. Yeah. And so obviously we couldn't have everybody up there. It would have been too crowded. Mm. But a lot of the other contributors came and they were in the audience. And so it felt like a, a very it was almost like a family reunion kind of thing, even though we were meeting some of these people for the first time. Yes. Um, because of that. Let's move to the future now. When will work on Volume 7 start or has it already begun, Jason? It has technically begun, uh -huh. um, so we do have um, we do have an editor okay. uh, for this one, a guest editor, and you're actually getting the exclusive scoop on this, Melanie. Um, so our editor for Volume Seven uh, is going to be Neralia Norisid. Uh, oh. So she was the uh, her her novel, The Gatekeeper, won the 2016 Epigram Books Fiction Prize yes. and the 2018 Singapore Book Award for Fiction. 
So she is going to be our our next editor, and I'll be making an announcement online uh, in the next few days about that. And she has a story in this, in this collection. She does have a story she in this does. collection. Yes, yes. And I'm wondering what color are you going to pick for pick for the book cover? Yeah. So <laughs> every yeah, since, since we started with volume three, it's the the we have this typographic cover. Yes. And so we really just changed the color of it, and so this volume six is this kind of uh, mustardy yellow color. It is. Um, yeah. Kind of almost orangey yellow. So. Yeah, so we're going to have to decide what the color of Volume 7 is going to be. <laughs> so many colors in this world. It should be uh, an okay choice. I'm pretty sure once you put out all those uh, color, the swabs of color in front of you. Thank you so much for being with me on CNE 938. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Thank you very much. Such a pleasure. Remember, everyone, support Singlet and also add Epigram Books' Best New Singaporean Short Stories Volume 6 to your reading list for 2024. I'd like to thank author and poet Guili Sui, the series editor, as well as author and Epigram Books' Jason Eric Lundberg, the series editor, who's also a fiction editor and at Epigram and an author too. Look out for, like what Jason said, it's mustard yellow cover at local bookstores here or online at Epigram epigrambookshop.sg. That's all for today's Culture Club and I'm Melanie Olivero for CNA 938. 